mindfulness mode. Always be open to learning something new. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome back to Mindfulness Mode. It's great to have you with us. And today we are talking about a topic that I'm passionate about, and that is the topic of podcasting itself. I'm here with a seasoned serial entrepreneur. He has a portfolio of over 15 successful ventures spanning over five countries. He's a dynamic podcast host and coach, and he has established five podcasts, four of which have soared to the top 0.5% and with the fifth currently at 1.5%. Now he's just updated me on these stats. So he'll he'll tell us what the stats are when we get onto the show. But I'm here with Roy Collin today and this is going to be really cool. Roy, are you in mindfulness mode today? No, absolutely. And Bruce, thank you very much for having me on the show. And you know what? I think I'll actually take the recording of that and put it as my intro because you've done a beautiful job on that. Oh, thank you, Roy. Well, this is just going to be so interesting because I have over 900 episodes and I don't know a fraction of what you do about podcasting. I'm pretty sure of that. So anyway, we'll start with mindfulness. What does mindfulness mean to you, Roy? I think it's kind of being present in everything you do not that your head is wandering and it's not that i've always had that it's just kind of the journey of life and for example if i go outside i'm paying attention to the ants going on the ground the butterflies watching the birds from my window when i'm with my son i'm with my son when i'm doing something i'm not trying to do a few things at once whereas the old me would have and i think when you do that it's like time slows down and life just becomes more beautiful it really does tell us what your son has taught you about mindfulness he's he's nine he's going on 10 he's my youngest child and he's it's like he's been here before and it's strange to see it's it's like he's very good with his intuition my mother is excellent at it i kind of skipped that bit i mean i'm getting better at it but he's really good at it and even i noticed it from a young age that you know, the way some people, even when they go to an animal or they go to kids and they're all like, oh, hello, but they're fake, not the real ones. Like the real ones, a dog will go to the the person or a cat will go to the person. But there's people there, there's a fake. And he could spot that a mile away. Like he would tell me who he liked and who he didn't. And I'd have the same feeling of like, yeah, he's spot on with that. And so, and I, I think he's strange because like I would get a lot of toys from him and I've realized you know getting the remote control care and everything they're not for him it's like we'd sit down and play games or I got him into reading I read a lot so I'd done a competition of reading with him and like he read 100 books last year as well I read 100 books and that's rare for a child to do that like but he enjoyed yes. the process you know and yeah. it's just like most kids they live in the moment, but the school system or whatever pulls it out of them. And I intentionally, he's going to a school system that's in, in Poland, that's copying the Finnish system. So they don't have homework. They can decide if they don't want to go into a class. Very creative. You know, they go, do languages. There's music there. And there's just so many different things, art and craft. And he is totally present. He's not saying, next week I'm going to do this. He's just in the moment. And I think that's mindfulness. And I, I kind of learned from him as well. We're, we're learning from each other as we're growing. Oh, that's really cool, Roy. So have you always been an entrepreneur? Or did you have a job at one point that was more of a traditional kind of job? 
So that's an interesting one. So when I was nine, I used to go around washing cars, delivering leaflets and gardening work. And then at 11, I started a newspaper around in my neighborhood. So I was doing that. I'd done that even up to college. But with the money from that, when I was 14, I bought a lawnmower. Then I used to go around cutting grass. I used to get people to go with me. And I would say, a third for you, a third for me, and a third for the lawnmower, you know, for kind of maintenance yeah, and things maintenance. like that. Then I was doing motorbikes when I was around 18, buying and selling motorbikes. So I studied construction, economics, and management. And then I worked in construction as mechanical engineering kind of projects and electrical right. for about 12 years. During that time, I did set up another business doing kind of website design and everything. So it was always in me. Oh, okay. And then okay. from that moment, when I moved to Poland, I set up the company just doing farm property, you know, Polish property for foreigners. And it's just one company after the other. And it's like, haven't worked for anybody else since. Oh, wow. Things have really clicked for you. And you grew up in Ireland, didn't you? I did indeed, uh, in yeah. the south place called Cork which is the biggest area, but the second in population. But beautiful, okay. it's near the sea. So yeah, I, I love the city. So then you started all these businesses and what was the business that really fed you the most that you just loved with a passion? At one stage, <laughs> it's weird how life goes, but it yeah. was about, because I had studied construction and you know I was like in doing designing and everything in college. And I started buying uh, plots, building houses, building apartments. I built 30 apartments. And but I suppose the, the real passion was renovating. When you see something that was just disgusting and that was like, you would think you just demolished something or apartments that were just horrible and making it beautiful. I just get such a buzz from that. It's like, you're making the world better. And I love yeah. that. And how I say it, then it changes. It was doing so many and like I was doing very well. And then the crash happened and I had syndicates with big guys and like some were worth 20 million and I was, you know, I, I had made my first million, but I was looking to make a bit more and I was the president. And, and the reason I'm telling you this, it comes into how I got into meditation and everything. So I was yeah. the president of all these companies in Poland okay. and that the solicitor or the accountant never told me that you're personally liable. So when things were going bad, I was doing very well and I started putting more money into all these commercial property and everything. And the people that I was in business, they all lost everything. Like they've lost like hundreds of properties all around the world. Oh, yeah. So wow. then the thing started crashing. And once one fell, they all fell. And oh. then I realized, yeah, you're personally liable. So instead of making 5 million euro, I was personally liable for 5 million euro. And lost my, I lost a load of houses, but I three in Ireland, lost my own, including my, my belongings. And it was like, whoa. So that's how I got into meditation. It was like, it was just fighting everything. You know, because you're you're scrambling, you're trying to fix everything. And six phase meditation was the first thing that I'd done. And I was like, Okay, tell okay. us about that meditation process that you went into. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like, what are you grateful for? Is the, is the main things that are kind of in that. It's like you're visualizing your days. Like, what are you grateful for? Whether it's a cup of coffee or just a hug from your child. The, the things that you're grateful for. Because then you're attracting them. Because when you're in a negative mindset or when you've lost everything, or whether it's a, bre a relationship breakup or whatever people are going through, you're always thinking of the negative. So stop. The way to do it is to change it to the positive. And you start thinking of all the beautiful things in your life. And the next one was a big one for me. It was the forgiveness. Because mm. when when you have anger in you, 
it's your own cells are being poisoned. The people yeah. that were fraudulent to me, and I mean, like bailiffs as well, were like so corrupt. Courts were corrupt, but even different like builders and stuff like that, they had done tricky things. And you have anger in you, but it's you have anger in yourself. They're not at home thinking about you. And as soon as you can release that, like some are easy, but there's others, it takes a while. It's not that you click your fingers and you do it the next day and you're da- out dancing, you know, that's not the way it is. Yeah. But you eventually... You start to forgive them and it's like it's like you become free because you no longer have that poison. So, you know, how you know it is when someone is telling the story, you know, sometimes people are like way down. They've relived it and the tears are flowing and everything. And it's like, you know, some people are going to a therapist for 20 years, that same kind of thing. Therapist that has a, you know, a client for life kind of thing. So once you overcome that then you're free. And the other thing then is like planning your day. So you'd be visualizing, what do I want to do today? And when you think about it, you kind of have a good chance of achieving it. Whereas most people, they just kind of, you know, they choke through life and this kind of what's going to come in front of me. That's what I do. And then yeah, it's kind of like, and then it's like a year plan kind of what, okay, what would I really like to achieve this year? So I've always been kind of a goals guy with, you know, what I'd like to do, you know, how many books I'd like to read, how many different things. Yeah. And I tend to achieve them because I'm kind of, you know, but when you think about it as well, I think the, the chances of it happening are 10 times better. Yeah. So, Roy, how the heck did you get into podcasting from all of these businesses that you were doing? How did you make that transition and get so so passionate? I guess you're passionate about everything you do from the sounds of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that when you love what you do, because you love what you do, you love your podcast yeah. and your podcast is very successful. And it's it's not a job. It's 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 just life because you have to love what you do so yeah, you do when when i got through that process of kind of clearing the decks and getting everything sorted you know i eventually fixed everything i went to an event in mexico with mind valley and it was what's your quest and i was like oh this is a good one because i said i'm after seeing the bailiffs bribing people in the room bailiffs working with valuers doing really crooked things and then trying to catch me to be personally liable that needs to be exposed and i said i need to start exposing all this stuff I hated public speaking. So in school, if you were going around the class, my brain would freeze when there were about five people from me, panic mode. And it went the same when I was actually working in construction in Ireland. Like I was running big jobs. And the one time I couldn't sleep at night was when I knew the meeting was in on a once a week with the clients. And I just and I just kind of told myself a story. You hate public speaking, which when I was at that event, I saw two brilliant speakers. And I said, I need to become a better speaker. I came back, I joined Toastmasters. And I tell you how shy I was. I brought two people with me to the first Toastmaster meeting. And I went, this is brilliant. Come on, we join. They were like, we don't have time. And I was too shy to go back myself oh. again. Yeah. But there was a new, a few months later, there was a new club opening. And I said, okay, everyone's going to be new. So I said, I'm going. They pounced on me. He said, hey, do you want to join? I said, yeah, grand. Do you want to do a speech? Yeah. So I done a speech the next I was the first person to do a speech in the club. And I just, then I joined the other club that I had originally been afraid yeah. of. Yeah. Then I formed a club, an entrepreneur club. Then I was a coach for a club. I done open mic TEDx. I did yeah. uh, comedy. I got into the final of uh, five countries. I, I just went all in, watched TEDx speeches, got booked. And I kind of, I'm telling people now, don't ever tell yourself a story. You can't do something. When you change that's, and that's you decide... So I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I know the benefit of it. You yeah. can do anything. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I loved Toastmasters. I just loved it so much. I thought it was so much fun. And uh, I love podcasting, as you know, but I don't have five podcasts. So you got, you must have started with one and then tell yeah, me exactly. about the progress. I, I, know, I went on a tangent, but that, it, it's all related. So then I went to another uh, event and the guy was doing a workshop on podcasting. And I listened to podcasts, but I never actually thought of doing one. And I went, okay, I can do this. So even though everything was about kind of the awakening, exposing fraud, I said, I need to be careful with that one. So I did speaking because I knew so many people around Europe with speaking. So that was the first one. Then the meditation, because meditation really helped me. But when I had nothing, what happened is the ones that were actually that I liked disappeared or else they started charging. And when you lose everything, you have to watch the pennies. And I said, that's not right. So the one that I created was free, free forever, because I met so many people around the world that actually do that. So I, I interview some of them, some of them give me different meditations. But I said, it's always free. I've got meditations from one minute to two hours. But it's just because I know it helped me. The next one was the Polish. And th- that's a funny one. I Since I'm living in Poland, my brother's brilliant. He moved to Holland. He was fluent in two years. I don't have that ability. I have a different mindset. I'm a kind of a business mindset. So languages wasn't my skill. But I kept trying. I was doing Rosetta Stone and films. And and then I said, I'm going to listen to a podcast to learn Polish, but they were scripted mm-hmm. and okay. they are only in Polish. I hate scripted podcasts and I hate when it's only in the language because I could be thinking it means something else. So I actually formed that and that's doing very well. You know, that's been number one in a lot of countries. Oh, and is it? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's been cool. Yeah. And over two million downloads with that one alone between the audio and the video, like it's doing very well. So eventually I've done the awakening one. So that's the one. Oh, yeah exposed and i actually because you had asked me had i done a book so i actually wrote a book but i didn't release it exposing all the fraud and corruption but i was told if i released it i'd be whacked because i was exposing so much stuff and oh so what's the book called again it's called the awakening oh the book is called the awakening yeah but i i just printed it without releasing it and right it's not released but i was exposing it i was exposing charities exposing how dare you roy Roy, shame on you (laughs) (laughs) but they know no people know no but then they didn't you know so okay and that was that one and the last one it was the crypto and the same thing i could see so much wrong but i didn't want to put the crypto into the awakening because i said not everyone's into blockchain technology i didn't want to hurt my existing listeners because i said they could disappear so i created that separately so are you still doing the crypto podcast i am indeed yeah 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 because i thought everything about crypto seemed to just drop off and become invisible it, it goes through kind of phases and like that's one of the things that I'm doing. I'm, I'm explaining exactly different things I've done. So there's the NFTs and if these were the best things since sliced bread, then NFTs are keep away from them and like different platforms and everything you use and you see. The, but I believe blockchain technology could be our saving grace because it's kind of you don't have to be telling everybody what's going on. You can do it in a nice way. Like if you look at, say, the likes of PayPal, I mean, PayPal are ripping people off. They don't, people don't realize it. Like they're taking about 4%. You can only have one wallet and people don't know that you can have one wallet. Like, so if you're getting paid in euros and dollars and sterling, they'll charge you about a 4% conversion when they're changing it into your primary wallet. Why you can't have other wallets like other, like Wise or Revolut. And then when you're sending it to somebody, somebody sent me 600 recently for something that I was doing. And they charged twenty three ninety, nearly twenty four. Then I sent it on to people that was doing stuff for me. I said I'm going to pay rather than them. I paid, and they still charged them. So if there's ten people going around doing work with each other, 
PayPal's taking a hundred percent of it. Like it's 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 sickening. Yeah, like so, you know, crazy. blockchain can stop that because there's very little transaction fees. And it's like like I mean, if you look at say the likes of Revolut, like you can transfer money immediately and they're not charging you for it. So yeah. we need to kind of get get rid of the boys that are taking the money out of our pockets. Right. Well, aren't you now coaching podcasters? I am indeed, yeah. So tell me about that. When did that start happening? So what happened is because you're as good you're aware of the Toastmasters. But basically, I I started doing when I was getting into it because I was getting into like I remember with the speaking podcast got into the top of the charts, got into number one in a load of countries, and seen myself ahead of Duolingo and ahead of BBC and all these different ones. It was kind of like a buzz. So I started doing you know speeches, explaining it, or a workshop, and loads of people then started. For you know, having a podcast, and they'd come to me, and I was helping them, and then there was other people who would know I'm doing. But it got to the stage where, you know, like people were just kind of expecting you to help them. You know, people were like, "Hey, you can, yeah, I see you're doing thing. You can help me, and I know I'll give you a shout out kind of thing, like or I'll I'll give you a thumbs up." And you're like, "This is a lot of time to do it properly." So I said, "I'm not being respected for my time." So that's why I actually created the thing. And then when people write, I go, look, I got a free webinar that you can look if you want to do it yourself, but I'm there to help you. And it was more respecting myself because I knew I was being abused. People weren't respecting my time. Yeah, you have to be careful that, don't you? So you have a free webinar. How do we find that? It's everything is actually on my uh, link, you know, the bio.link slash podcast. So so I've got the webinar, the course, the podcast, because I'm... I'm conscious that everybody's gone through different parts of their lives. And sometimes people yeah. have lost everything as well. And it might be yeah. their way of, hey, I can do a podcast. And I might eventually start making money out of this as well as as I'm doing something else. So I don't, you know, I don't want to be hurting. If somebody hasn't got the money, that's that's okay as well. And I, you know, there's plenty of things in there. It's about a half an hour, but there's enough in it that will educate you to get started okay. and i mean there's loads okay. of different videos on youtube that people can use themselves from different yeah, people sure. so you just have to put the effort in so when you're sure. coaching one-on-one as you know yourself i mean it's a case of it, you're shortening the process plus you've got all yeah. the knowledge yeah that, well i'm going to repeat that website a little slower and it's uh bio.link slash podcaster and then you can go there and you can find out all kinds of things about what roy is doing and what he offers and all that kind of thing and it sounds like because you lost everything that's what helped you grow and gain so much is that true absolutely i mean at the time you wouldn't think that but when i look back because to be honest with you i i had such plans for building massive things i wasn't like i was i built the turkey apartments i had plans on building up about 400 apartments i had all plans for other sites and everything i was and I've become a way better person for what's happened to me. It wasn't that I was a bad person. I was always kind of looking, you know, I never treated people bad. I would talk to the cleaner the exact same way as the CEO. I never had that kind. But I don't think I was as happy in myself as I am now because of the journey, because I've realized what's most important in life. And it's the precious moments with friends and family, the different things that you do, that you're there, you're present and not going, oh, when I get this car, I'm going to be this. When I have this house, I'm going to be this. No, it's all about the journey. Wow. Yeah, it is all about the journey. That's right. Totally about the journey. And a lot of times we forget that. You know, we just completely forget it. Hey, do you have a story about bullying? Did you ever, were you ever bullied or did you bully anyone? Or do you have a story about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference? 
I do actually. I I grew up in a really rough neighborhood, so okay. I was very like I'm six foot now. But when I was my mum is I think five foot four. I was at a wedding when I was seventeen, and I was up to her shoulder. I didn't start growing till I was eighteen or nineteen. Really? It's, yeah. But she always told me my brother was like a head above me. Like he was like, and I'm taller than him. And my mum kept saying, "You're going to be taller than him. Don't worry about." But everybody wanted to bully the smaller guy. So I yeah. had fights every day. And I became kind of, I started doing boxing and stuff. I was like, but then I became a bully myself in school. It was kind of like lashing back at the thing. Oh, did yeah, you? Yeah. But then I was getting bullied. I was kind of going through both. You know, I was kind of getting bullied mm-hmm. in the neighborhood, but in the school then. But it was kind of like, if you beat up someone, nobody touched you then. So that's what yeah. I kind of learned that when you, like, I'll give an example. I remember... This guy, he was so bad in my neighborhood. Like one time he came along and shouldered me and we had a fight and he kicked me on the ground and like really beat the crap. But he never touched me again because I fought back. The same guy was beating up his teachers. And like this is like a young guy, like 14 or 13. And so when you see that, it's kind of, but I've learned from that experience that never to just kind of quiver and give in, no matter how many people so uh, as I was telling you, I was doing the newspapers. So I was going around delivering the newspapers. Eight guys attacked me. They set my newspapers on fire. I, it was happening a lot. Like I, I got a, attacked a lot of times. Like, And uh, they set my newspapers on fire. And a guy came to rescue me. And he said, there's a Kung Fu club up up in a certain area. I was oh, yeah. 16. And I joined that. And I'd done that for about six years or whatever. And I think my mindfulness from then I, I didn't get into fights after that because I knew my uh-huh. ability because it's like the podcast now anything I do I kind of go all in I don't just kind of tip around I, I really train hard I was practicing at home and getting good at it and it was like I think when you have the ability to fight I didn't fight and that's I, interesting I, yeah yeah and so you, with the martial arts after that people didn't attack you people didn't beat you up and stuff is that right or maybe uh, by that time you had grown to six foot something no i wasn't i was still small but i think you're still like small. i think people can see it in you they know when you're confident oh uh, yeah they Whereas, can tell by the way you walk the way exactly you carry yourself. they see yeah. people going across or crossing the road the head is down they go for that yeah, guy because they go they that do. guy they're that guy is afraid Whereas if you stand in your in your ground, and I was standing in my ground, and like I could even defuse a lot of cases. And if we were going to a club and I saw fights with friends, I was able to calm it down. Like, and I think it was just my ability of knowing that I could handle myself, but never being the aggressor. And it was that was something I was happy about because I didn't like the fact that I remember one guy said to me, "Oh, you were a bully in school," and I was like, I I felt bad when I heard that, but but it was kind of just me lashing out and kind of thinking I have to be a bully or they're going to be bullying me. Right. It's kind of like defending yourself. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. So you have the podcast called Awakening. Does that mean you have personally had an awakening? It's it's kind of it's about. Well, I suppose it was like that was the reasoning, because we all have our belief system and we think life is good. And, you know, I grew up thinking, oh, the government's got my heart. You know, the school system's good for you. And it's and then like the health system's good for you, and it's just like kind of saying, huh, huh? and slowly but surely, watching different things, and I think that was me, and it's kind of me then telling people what to do. But I'm never 
like because especially in the last four years there's people on one side or on the other side or whether it's politics whether it's about uh, med- medicine whatever it is there's always a belief system and people are attacking so i'm never pushing my agenda i'm just giving information on why i believe this and i'm kind of having facts because like there's a lot of people out there saying stuff and it's like kind of take off the layers well you know they say who's they according to sources who's, <laughs> yeah. who's the source yeah. Who's paying for the source? And it's, as once you start taking off the layers, that's the awakening, to be honest with you. And it's like no longer can people treat you. Because one of the things that I've done is I've kind of went deep into sovereignty, UCC, common law, because I saw the police haven't got our hearts. You see them beating people up for peaceful protests and everything. It's like they're, they're all corporations. Countries are corporations. And when you start learning this, when we were born, we were born free. But yes, they think they can control us. And yeah. you can take you can take it back, but it's just knowing the rules that they're playing at. And that's what I'm doing as well. I'm sharing that information, but never in a, an aggressive way, never in a pushy way. Just this is it. If you, you can go away and decide. And I even say that to people. I say, look, don't take what I said to heart. Go away and investigate it yourself. Because I've often done that. You probably have done that as well. You get a guest on your show. And you go, that's interesting. But it doesn't necessarily mean what they've just said is true. But you can go yeah. away and get a few books. And you go, wow, okay. No, But a lot of yeah. people, unfortunately, I think the ego gets in the way. Because they know they're wrong. There's, there's facts out there proving yeah. no. But they yeah. still won't kind of go put their hand up and go, eh, I was wrong. I think the ego. We, so we have to kind of let people know it's okay to be wrong. We've all been wrong. You know, you can change your mind. Yeah, we definitely have to let people know that. That's for sure. Roy, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? My mother. Oh, your mother. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because basically, like, even intuition and just, like she said to me when I was younger, I remember, like, don't you're not hanging around with him. And I'd be fighting back, you know. I, you know, I was a rebel. Like, you know, she said, no. People that she told me not to hang around with. One, alcoholic. Another ended up in jail. Another died from drugs. She knew. Oh, wow. And you know, even in business, the people that I had got into business with that didn't go right, she was telling me, no. And I was saying, I know that person five years she goes, I'm telling you, I don't trust them. And she was dead right. So wow, she's the best. <laughs> she's, she's a ninja. Yeah, that is amazing. How has mindfulness affected your emotions and how you deal with your emotions? I don't react. Like, okay. like for, I'll give you a quick example. Like, I remember I'd collect my child from school when he was very young, maybe from kindergarten or whatever. And yeah. he'd fall asleep and you bring him in. And then he'd be crying and cranky. And, and then I'd be upset with that. I'd be like, you know, I don't need this. You know, you have to go through your day. And then I realized he's just tired and just yeah. just cuddle him. And then it was grand. And it's like from that moment, it's like watching everything, you know, and just even in care. Like if someone is beeping, I'm always conscious. I don't know what's going on in their life. They could have had a fight with their spouse. They might have had a break. They might have been fired from their job. They mightn't be able to afford the rent. And Unless it's something that's really dangerous, I long to harm, but otherwise I won't because most people are looking in their mirror, they're panicking and they could have a crash later on. So I, I don't have road rage either. I just really calm driving. <laughs> that's cool. Well, let's talk about breathing. So uh, do you have any comments or thoughts about breathing and how it applies to mindfulness? I've done, when I went to these different events, that was the first time I've ever kind of done breathwork. I think it was the first one, what's your request, was the first breathwork session that I'd done. And I remember yeah. 
like there was a good facilitator but like there was people releasing trauma and i was kind of like so i'm going through this i'm tripping you know you're tripping from breathing and you're like this is weird this is brilliant yeah. i feel fantastic but yeah. you see people and screaming is like they've been realized you know something bad's happened so yeah. i always kind of encourage people if you're going to go deep in this don't just go on the internet you need somebody that's there to, co to comfort you and talk you totally. through it but i've tried maybe 10 15 different facilitators i've actually you know bought courses on listening to breath work from four minutes up and i just i don't kind of need it that i have to do it it's just like there's times when you know that you're out of alignment i might go okay yeah. what i'm conscious of breathing i just even yeah. say like if you know the odd time you might be you might just feel tired or you might just have your full energy you just a lot of deep breaths and you're you're grand you start yeah it's so powerful and if i started doing um ice baths so in poland is like this it's fairly popular that you go into the lakes so i've done lakes and it's all about the breeding you see people and they're yes, like it is i do it too it's all it's, about it i you, do wim hof i can stuff. go yeah yeah so i actually met wim hof i done an ice bath in oh, jamaica first cool. yeah, it was so funny he's a lovely guy i got to talk yeah, to him and so that's different. You get out of the a nice jacuzzi into the 30 degrees. Yeah, it's no problem. 30 yeah. degrees centigrade. But when you go in Poland, it's like the, the very first time I'd done it, it was a friend of mine who was encouraging me to do it. And it was like minus 10 at that stage, which wasn't the brightest right. to be doing that minus 10 degrees centigrade. <laughs> so like they're getting hatchets to cut this. And this, it's a big thing in Poland. Like you could have 200 yeah. people around watching and it's just good fun. And yeah. I was I was running on the spot to keep warm. They keep their hand up. Um, my my boxers are the swimming trunks fell down, so I oh. I had to put my hand under the water. And the thing is, yeah. I understood at that moment why people are keeping their hands above and having a thing because it's very hard to put on your socks and dry yourself if your hands are numb as well because your whole body yeah. turns red. But you feel yeah. fantastic. The energy you get from it. I yeah. highly encourage people to do it. Yeah, it's amazing energy. Yeah, it's just incredible. And and yeah, it's hard to describe until you've done it. That's for sure. I, I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, my next question is about uh, a book. Is there a book that you would recommend that is related to mindfulness? I've just, because uh, it was a girl I had on in there. That, 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 that was a decent book, uh, Therapeutic Mindfulness. Okay, Therapeutic and, Mindfulness. Yeah, What's the I, author's name? It's a root fair now. Okay. Spelled like F E R N O W. And why it was interesting to me is because I'm working with a guy that's actually helping people with anxiety and stress. And he's yeah. kind of realized it's in the body. And when a therapist is writing about that as well, yeah. it's kind of confirming it. You know, whereas most people, like, because yeah. I kind of mentioned earlier, sometimes people have a, you know, a therapist for life, you know, and they yeah. think, oh, he's brilliant. And it's like, yeah, he's a brilliant business person, but he's not a brilliant therapist, you know, if they really right. cared about you. And she's kind of, you know, combining the two. And I think it's great. You know, she's not yeah. totally body, but she's explaining the different things in the body, how you feel. And I think it's a good one to just kind of get in touch. And I, I don't yeah. know, I'm always reading like different books. Like I just, yeah. Yeah, you just find something. Yeah. I read a lot of books too, and I just love reading totally. Any, uh, my final question is about any apps. Are there any apps that you recommend at all? Any kind of apps? No, I I know there's like you know inside timer and things people use, but yeah, I don't. I I I'm trying my best to stay away. Like I don't have notifications on yeah. on the phone. I I mean, oh, I, I need it for the you know the social media and stuff like that. But it's a case of 
try to get, keep away from it or have it on silent. And, you know, if you're going to be like this time is now with my son, like if, we're, if we decide, OK, let's watch a movie or whatever, phone stay outside because yeah, you, yeah. everybody knows got to the stage where they're so regarding apps. Yeah, there is ones that are good, but I think best is. Yeah. If if we had the older phones, the Nokia's with no smartphones, I yeah. think we would have been better off. So you can still ring somebody, but we're being addicted, and the best thing is to try to, you know, limit the time that we have on. We are definitely being addicted. Yeah, there's no doubt about that at all. Well, as we wrap up the interview, Roy, do you have any final words of advice for our Mindful Tribe listeners? I would say that always be open to learning something new. Don't push your belief system that that's what it is like as i mentioned with the speaking that's the same with everything like sometimes people say i can't meditate my head does does 90. find 50 different types till you find something that works i i say to people if you're fishing you're in mindfulness if you're playing golf you know you're just find something that works for you that brings you that calm it's not that like some people think you have to sit in a lotus position and everything is black and you feel nothing i mean you're thinking you're breathing you're thinking like so just find something that resonates with you that makes you feel better and you know start off small one minute you know five minutes don't bother saying oh i don't have time to meditate you know that's that's when you probably should do a bit more and just yeah. just just you'll know yourself i think i i know i'm in flow and i'm walking and everything when something's out of alignment straight away i know there's something wrong and i adjust it immediately and i think when you work on yourself instead of you know, going to doctor, going to somebody else and just letting them look after you, look after yourself. And that way you're more in flow and you're more in tune with, with nature. I totally agree, Roy. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for being on Mindfulness Mode, Roy. No, thank you very much. And I would just like to let the listeners know you're doing very well, but make sure you give Bruce a five-star rating, share with your friends, Give a nice comment. If it's Spotify, there's three dots. You, you can't, you don't have to give a comment. There's no comment on that. Just give five star. It all helps because what happens is the algorithms will push it up the charts. More people will see it. So make sure you do that because he's a fantastic interviewer. There's very few out there that interview like this. He's, very, he's got a skill set and that's why he's lasting so long and he's got like nearly 4 million downloads. So please do that for him. Thank you so much, Roy. <laughs> all the best to you. Bye now. All right, thank you. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I want to mention that, you know, maybe you are experiencing some challenges right now in life. Maybe you're feeling like you're stuck or you just are not able to move forward and accomplish what you want to accomplish. That's exactly what I do is I help people through my coaching who are feeling frustrated. Maybe some anxiety is involved. Maybe uh, you can't get through some kind of a habit that's holding you back. Well, I use hypnosis, as I'm sure you've heard me talk about this before, to help my clients move forward quicker and just leave these things behind and because you are a mindful tribe listener i'd love to offer you a free session so you are welcome to send me an email send me a message at bruce at mindfulnessmode.com so that we can jump on a free session and we will talk about this we will talk about how it is possible for you to move forward and all you need to do is just have this kind of 
determination to actually accomplish this. So I'm asking you to put, I'm determined right there in the subject line of this email. Again, it's Bruce at mindfulnessmode.com with the subject, I'm determined. And I challenge you to send me that email and we will jump on a free call and talk about how you can move forward. And with that, I just ask you to take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus and happiness. Stay in the mode.